Scripture this morning is 1 Peter 1, 3-9. Praise be to God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. It is grace mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice through now, for a little while, you may have to have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that you may, so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. For through that, you have not seen him. You love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end results of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Okay, we're going to pray for Israel you need to know that the eldership of this church loves Israel. They love the Jewish people. It is because, one of the many reasons is because our Messiah. You understand, we're grafted into this thing called Christianity through Jesus Christ. And, and that Jesus came from that family called Jerusalem or uh, Israel. And uh, we... Uh, we're indebted in our lives to Christ. And we want to pray for this nation and the war that's going on there. And I've asked the elders to be prepared that if God lays on their heart to come up and say something and say a short prayer, and if whoever wants to be first out of you three gentlemen, uh, Greg's already, see, Greg's moving, so he's closest. <laughs> So, uh, Mike did ask us to prepare. I think I spent 15 minutes on this, but I wrote down a few notes. Um, uh, on the way into church this morning, I don't know if anyone was out around 8, 8.30, 9 a.m. this morning. Um, I, the weather outside was amazing. It, as I was driving into church, the, the sun was shining so bright in different paths in the fields. And right next to it, was darkness, was shadows. And I was just thinking the world is becoming more like that, uh, light and darkness. It's, it's, it's becoming very defined, uh, the light and the darkness. And we're seeing that now with what's happened in, what's happening in Israel and um, uh, with Hamas, Hamas attacking Israel. Um, so uh, I just uh, appreciated what Mike had to say there that... Uh, you know, we're indelibly linked to Israel, to Jerusalem. Uh, the whole Old Testament is about the Jews, and then Jesus was a Jew. Um, our Savior was a Jew, and is, God's not done with Israel. Uh, you know, they, he promises that there will always be a remnant. He brought back the remnant, and in 1948, they came back as a state. 
um, he said that they will be his people and he will be their God. And we've been grafted in, so we have that privilege. But God's not done with Israel. And, um, and what's going on now is really, it could even be prophetic. You know, it could be part of the end times. It's hard to say. But obviously everyone's heard about the attack. Um, October the 7th, there were paragliders that went into stadiums. And, and were shooting at people. Um, they were celebrating. Uh, many of the Jewish festivals were going on at that time. 3,000 to 5,000 rockets. They had bulldozers that broke through the walls and over 1,000 militants went through. There's 1,300 dead and 130 hostages. Um, people are saying, you know, uh, why did it happen? Um, it shouldn't be a surprise to Christians on why these things are happening. Um, it's called anti-Semitism. Uh, many will say, oh, they just want two states, a Palestinian state and Israeli state. It's really about no state. If you, if you hear the Iran, the president of Iran, Iran wants to wipe out Israel. Um, no Israel is what they want. Um, so there's a lot of mistruths out there in the world. And anti-Semitism, which just means that the hatred of Jews, they, the hatred of Jews has been going on for how long? When, when was the first recorded act of the hatred of Jews? Anyone think about that? It goes back all the way to Exodus, really. Uh, the midwives saved the Jewish babies, and Moses was among those that were saved. Uh, Pharaoh wanted to wipe them out. Um, Time and time again after that, uh, Queen Esther, uh, Mordecai, worked in the uh, Jewish remnant that Nebuchadnezzar took captive in Assyria. And a, a man, does anyone know the man's name that wanted to, who devised a plot to wipe out the Jews during that time? Haman. H-A-M-A-N. It's kind of like Hamas, but I doubt that there's anything there. But it's easy to remember. Haman tried to wipe out the Jews. How about after that? Um, even before you get to Hitler, was there anything going on that, where people tried to wipe out the Jews? Time and time again, this has been happening. The Romans, uh, they deported 98,000 and another 30,000. And, and because of the Roman-occupied territories, the Jews were dispersed. They went to every part of the world. And the gospel, you know, the persecuted Christians were a part of that. And the gospel went out because of that. And then there was Hitler. And Hitler, Hitler's, uh, I think Hitler was famous for saying it's the final solution. The final solution. Well, what is the final solution? To get rid of the Jews. So why is it that people don't like Israel? They don't like this little teeny state surrounded by all these Arab states. What is it? It's spiritual, right? Satan hates everything that belongs to God. And what about the Jewish people? They belong to God. So this really shouldn't be, uh, Christians are in the middle of looking at what's happening in the world today. There's um, parades and, and uh, I don't know, what do you call it, Brianna, where you all went out? Riots. Riots, there's organized riots and um, uh, support for Hamas. And Hamas, we have to understand Hamas and Palestine are kind of linked, but really Hamas and um, Hezbollah are supported by Iran and other people that, whose 
statement. I mean, the president of Iran said, we want to destroy Jerusalem. We want to destroy Israel. That is the goal of many Middle Eastern Islamic faiths and states. And so um, it's a terrorist group. And so we're commanded as Christians to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, to pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel. Uh, we have the same God as they do, right? Um, so that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, there's a lot of confusion out there. There's a lot of uh, people in support of Palestine and um, things like that, but they don't, they're not actually understanding that this is a spiritual warfare. We should understand it's a spiritual warfare. And uh, in the end, um, God wins. Satan will lose. Satan's goal is to destroy uh, Israel, to destroy Christians, um, but he will lose. Satan will not win that battle. Um, this could be uh, part of the end times, and so I ask you, you know, when we see events in the world, this could escalate, this could get crazy, but should we be afraid? No. God, this is not taking God by surprise. He's not like going, oh my gosh, I didn't know that was going to happen. God is in control. Yes, we should pray for Israel and the peace of Jerusalem, but God is in control. And we, this small body of believers, should be on our knees praying for our brothers and sisters in Israel, um, other you know, Christians around the world that are being persecuted. It's happening all over the place. There's wars and rumors of wars. There's, you know, Russia and uh, Ukraine. So there's Christians there. Um, so I think this, this could get crazy, um, but don't let it scare you. Let it drive you to prayer. Um, let it drive us to go hand out jars of strawberry jam and tell our neighbors that Jesus loves them. And do you have anything you would like us to pray for you? We're from this little church called Emmaus, and, and we're willing to pray for you if you need anything. It's, you know, there's limited time. Um, there's limited time in each person's life and limited time on this earth. Um, you don't know when your neighbor might have a car accident or your best friend or your friends or even your enemies. And so we need to put aside our fear and ask God, like Mike said, ask him to give us the courage to just go tell him that Jesus loves him. Uh, so that's kind of, I was trying to tie the two together because I think they're linked. They always are. So, uh, you, well, you said you couldn't preach. <laughs> I said I didn't want Did to preach. Did you hear that tip? <laughs> Did he sound like he could preach? No, what would... Well, we're going to do let all three of okay. you, and then we'll pick one of you that wants to pray. To pray. You just want to pray, okay? Dave, you want to say something? And then we'll let Kip pray. Go for it. I know you can pray. Guy, then like brings all of the runs in. So Mike asked us um, about this. Yesterday, sent out kind of like a little ping. We got to prepare a little bit, um, but God was ready already, I guess. So, I have a confusion in my heart when you talk about war, but um, I don't know if God in this lifetime will ever give me a clear understanding, but 
I know Matthew, you know, Jesus Christ himself talks about eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, but they said, but then he said, you know, when evil prevails, you know, if it slaps you in the left cheek, then offer its right. So battle with that. But I also know that if evil walked through my front door of my home, I would defend it at all costs. Um, and so in Israel, you know, the Palestines, everyone wants to talk about the Palestines, but I mean, they're, Greg's right. I mean, terrorists, they're a Satan. They're, they're, they have, the Palestinian people are, are under spiritual warfare daily. They're being lied to. Um, they're, they're in the, most, the worst relationship with a government-controlling body that could be, you know, they're, they're given help on one hand and lied to on the other. And, and this is, to, you know, the, the enemy has integrated these people to the point that it's hard to separate the enemy from the people and the humanity from the evilness. And that's their protection. Um, but they come through Israel's front door. And so Israel's going to, going to reply. Unfortunately, when someone comes through my front door, my reply is pretty direct. I know I'm going to hit the target. But um, I would never want to be the leader of a group of people. Um, so I think first and foremost, I think we're right. We're praying for Israel's leadership to understand when they go through that front door into Palestine, they're not... In order to defeat this enemy, there is going to be some humanity. People displaced, homes displaced, lives displaced. But sometimes the evilness becomes so great that there has to be great displacement in order to, um, you know, you have to, in order to clean out your garage, sometimes you have to make a bigger mess in order to put it back together. So I think that's where Israel is. So, you know, first and foremost, I think we're praying that God would um, direct the leaders of Israel to keep their troops safe, um, would protect the people of Palestine that are confused and uh, have been misled and uh, abused, physically, spiritually, emotionally abused. Um, With Craig's talking, I'm thinking about this November 4th, and I'm thinking, you know, this is, he's talking about this, maybe this is prophecy, you know, maybe it is, I mean, Think about this, what's going on, handing out jam. We're doing the same thing, right? I mean, Satan has infiltrated um, non-believers in this country into the the same way that Hamas is in Palestine. It's so intertwined. You know, how how do you break through um, without kicking through someone's front door? So we're doing it, right? Everyone done it Christ-like and knocked on the doors and opened the doors, handed them some jam and said, we got Jesus Christ, and he's... He's attacking hearts, so um, I think it is a sign. I think the church is, uh, I think we've been talking about it. I think the church is moving. I think Brian is right. I think Nikki and I were talking the other day. We kind of went through a tough time, two months, last two months, kind of losing sight of our vision, you know, being trampled on a little bit, letting Satan do it a little bit, you know, our brothers and sisters in Christ praying for us, getting our feet back underneath of us, hitting our knees, praying to God to give us vision. Help us understand what he wants us to do with our lives and how we can trample the enemy. Help separate them from the lost. Take the enemy and the lost and separate them. Show them Jesus Christ. So, um, so we're praying 
praying for Israel, their guidance, um, as they go through the front door and attack the enemy, that the Palestinians, those that have been lied to, um, that they're kept safe, that they can be separated from the enemy and um, hopefully find Jesus Christ in the process. Greg, you missed Assyria and Babylon. You missed a few, yeah. Brother, pray. Or say anything, <laughs> then pray. Whatever you want to do. It's amazing the, uh, the spiritual darkness, which we all experience in a different way than these people in the Middle East. And, um, and yet it's the same darkness which infects the world here is there. Thank you, brothers, for bringing that up. Lord God, you are God. You are in control. As much as Satan thinks that he's uh, going to win the battle, we know the victor. We know that because we saw our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, raise up in history. We've seen him locally rise up in people's lives, making new lives. Or we've seen him in our own lives resurrect death into new life. You have given us a spirit. And Lord, we ask that you would fill us with that Holy Spirit to overflowing and that as we pray, Lord God, you would use your words and not our own your wisdom and not our own. That you would bring about life where there is death. God, we lift up this nation which went before us that suffered centuries and still suffer, Lord God. We lift them up to you because they are your, um, they are your family. They are your children. You have called them out of a world of darkness. And though many, many of them do not know you in a heart capacity, many do. Many of them do not know you as Savior because Jesus Christ is shunned among them. Lord, we pray that you would open their eyes to Jesus Christ. Lord, we lift them up to you because they are while not 100% innocent in all things, Lord God, in this, they are victims. And I pray, Lord God, that you would heal them, that you would bring about safety around them, that the leaders would make wise decisions, not based on their feelings, but based on true wisdom, that they would be on their knees seeking you out. Lord, we know that you speak to even the peoples that are unreached. God, those that have been through the centuries with you, Lord, we know that they understand that there is a God above all. Lord, we pray for protection for their military. We pray that they would uh, not abuse their strength, Lord God. And we thank you that they do have the ability to uh, minimize uh, who they harm 
in their pursuit of the evil. Lord, we do pray for those that are innocent on both sides, Lord God, of this battle. We pray that you would protect them and that you would help them to see that their protection comes from you. We pray for salvation, that you would open their eyes, Lord God. There are many, as, as was mentioned before, there's so many that are deceived by their surroundings, by the culture, by the depravity of those around them, Lord, and the lies that are constantly fed into their ears. We pray for their salvation and their eyes to be opened and that their salvation would come from you, Lord God. We pray that you would put in front of the enemy, and I, and I call those that are from Hezbollah and those from Hamas and those that support them financially and uh, militarily, Lord, with weapons and with finances, Lord God, I pray that you would put in front of them, uh, I don't remember what they call them, but those tank stopper things, Lord God. I pray that you would stick them in front of them and that it would completely thwart their purpose. We pray that Satan would be cast out, Lord God, and that people that might otherwise do damage and, and harm to those that um, are innocent, we pray, Lord God, that you would confuse them, that you would block them 100%. And Lord, as we see nations uh, strategizing and placing about to protect the um, countries around, Lord, and being in a position to support in, in a military way. Pray that you would give them uh, protection. Keep them, Lord God, from confusion so that there is not an accident, Lord God, which is so simple. Lord, we lift this all up in Jesus' name because we believe and we trust in Jesus. We believe in you, Lord God, Father and the Holy Spirit which indwells us, and that gives us words and wisdom. Lord, we ask that you would use our voices and our hearts to join in with those around the world that pray for Israel, that pray for the people of Palestine who are deceived. We pray against the, the, um, the evil that is going on from that place. Lord, and we ask that in Jesus' name, you would bring about peace again. And we know, Lord, that that only comes through you. So we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. What time is it? What's that? Oh, I don't have any time to preach. Amy, do you mind taking the kids out? They want to hear something. So, yeah, take the kids. Boy, you need all that help with those four kids. New equipment. Oh, okay. Great. First Peter's about persecution. Do you know that? Did you know that's a theme of First Peter? It's not a big epistle. 
We're in the first chapter, and I'm just going to go down here. I'm not going to go through verses 1 through 4. I'm going to, go th- I'm going to start at uh, verse 4 and a half. Okay? And I'm going to talk about uh, a subject that I've heard people give some testimonies about today and give some clarification on suffering. All right? When, whenever, no matter what kind of persecution you go through, there's suffering. Whether it's mental persecution, whether it's spiritual persecution, whether it's physical persecution, um, you're struggling with something uh, spiritual or physical, emotional. Suffering's involved every time. Um, I don't. I don't know if you know it. I, I talked a little bit last week about Peter. Peter understands this because Peter was conflicted in his love for Jesus Christ. He was conflicted in his love for Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something? There are several people here this morning that are conflicted about their love for Jesus Christ. Did you know that? And they doubt, and they fear, and then they feel condemned. But there's a reason for this to happen, and we're going to look at it. Because God knows, and Peter understands the nature of a human being because of what God's told him. And this, these couple of verses bring clarity to this issue. Okay? We're down here in verse 4b. That sounds really neat. 4b, that means the second half of the verse. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. So if you love Jesus Christ and have given your heart to the Lord Jesus, that inheritance, which is abundant life, do you understand that? Eternal slash abundant life, That inheritance that Jesus brought to us through his resurrection and then endowed with us when we gave our heart to him and he cleansed us of our sin. That inheritance is kept for you. Okay, Unlike the banks of America, if they went bankrupt, you wouldn't get your money that's in that bank. Oh, oh yeah, I have, see, what's those... They only guarantee to $100,000. And if there was a collapse, you wouldn't get that. You all, you you know that. Heaven will never collapse. Heaven will never go bankrupt. Everything that God promised when he sent Jesus Christ, his abundant life, his eternal life, he has kept for you in heaven where the enemy tried to defeat and take it over and they lost, no one will ever invade your inheritance. It says rust cannot, thieves cannot, nothing can get into that inheritance. Nothing. It's yours. When you say, Jesus Christ, you are my Savior. He says, I forgive you of your sins. Nothing will take, nothing, let's all say this together. One, two, three. Nothing Nothing. 
Nothing will ever, ever, ever corrupt what God has for you in his inheritance in heaven. You got that? You understand that? Nothing. Nothing. Not a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Not a loss of a job. Nothing. Nothing, nothing. Did you hear me say nothing? And it's who through faith are shielded by God's power. So it's you, not only is your inheritance kept, but you are shielded by the power. The dudamos is the word. It's where we get our word dynamite. It means no power will come against it because his power is greater. Do you, do you understand that? That's what he's saying. God's power is shielded by God's power in the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. Now, salvation is loosed different here. We're not talking about being born again. It is the realization of the truth of God and its fullness. That's important. The realization of the truth of God in his fullness is going to be revealed at the last time. Greg talked about this might be prophetic. What's going on? I don't know if it is. We'll find out. In 1974, when I was called into ministry, remember that, Jeannie? I was at that little Baptist church you, were, you got saved in. Um, they attacked Israel back then. Do you, you, who remembers that? 1974. Come on. To look, yeah, Barbara's the only one that remembers that. <laughs> What's that? Is that when they took the hostages? Yes. Okay, I that. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah, but I was told the son of one of the hostages. <laughs> there you go. Did you know that Israel was about to lose that war? And Richard Nixon, who hated Jews sent the army over there to help him, the support. And the only reason he did, he hates the Jews, but the reason he did was because his mother told him, his mother told him that if Israel was ever in trouble, you must help them. Did you know? See, God, she didn't know he was going to be president. But that's what happened. It's being revealed that nothing can steal or take away what God has promised for you and me in Christ Jesus. This is an example of it. Don't, don't worry. We're not to the good part yet. We'll get there in a minute. It's being revealed in the last times. If this is the last time, we're going to see it, it be revealed over and over and over again. In all this, you greatly rejoice. I do. I thank God. Though now, for a little while, 
you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. So we talked, there are people talking about trials today. You heard people. They don't know I'm going to preach on this. There are people that are having trials that you never said, they never said anything. But right now, where you're sitting, it may be a personal trial where you're struggling with something within yourself that you don't know how to deal with it. This is all for a reason. Not to judge you. Do not listen to that garbage. It is not a judgment upon God or God upon us. There's a reason for it, because there's something about suffering that brings about the presence of God's hope. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Where the hope is poured out upon us with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Peter understands that. He suffered. And what he's saying here is that that suffering did something to him. What did it do? He had many kinds of trials. And these have come because God loves you. God loves me. That's the world. The Jesus inside of you is he let these sufferings occur. They have come so that the proven genuineness. I don't know what yours says. The NIV here says the genuineness of your your faith. To prove that your faith is true. That it is a true faith. A faith that is what? Kept for you in heaven and the power of God shields you from the darkness of the world. So it's kept for you in heaven, and the power of God, the authority and power of God protects you from the darkness. And in that protection between those two environments is the faith that God gave you when you accepted Christ as your Savior. One person. Anybody else? Amen. This is awesome. To quote Andy. This is awesome, isn't it, Andy? It's awesome. Because of God's power, authority, and protection. Now listen to how important that faith that is kept for you in heaven, protected by the power of God, how, well, it's greater worth than gold. Now, I, does he mean know, somebody here I know knows what gold is the price? What's the price of gold right now? Come on, somebody knows. Look it up on your phone real quick. What, I, is it $1,300 an ounce? See, I knew you knew. $1,800 an ounce. Somebody says it's going to go to 2000 Well, your faith... Do you hear this? Your faith is more valuable than gold or platinum. Or what's the other one above that? There's another one. Your faith is that valuable. Why? 
Faith will feed you. Did you hear me? Did you hear what I'm saying? Faith will feed you. He fed him in the desert for three days. No, 40. Did you hear that? 40 years. Fed him. Faith protects you. How many kings did the nation of Israel face in the desert at one time and defeated them? Ten. So faith protects you, faith feeds you, faith encourages you by the word of God. God teaches you with his Holy Spirit. That's why when the mark of the beast comes, it's on its way. The central bank is going to go to electronic money. I don't know when, but soon. They already went. See, I knew you'd know that. July 4th, back door. Back door. The, 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 the electronic money is, they're going to tattoo you on the, on the wrist, right hand or the forehead, and you won't be able to buy, sell, or anything without it. But God will feed you. We don't need it. He'll t- you, under, you understand... This God that we serve is greater than anything else that you understand. Does it scare you? Yeah, because we've not not walked that path yet, but we're concerned. We have children. We have children. We love them. We have grandchildren. We have great-grandchildren. We love all these people, and we want them to be fed, and we want them to be protected. Well, in Christ, they will be. That's why you pray for them. That they get there, and they know the Lord, and they love God. Which per- gold, which perishes even through refining by fire. That is, if you refine gold enough, it'll it'll become liquid and then ash, and then it'll just go away. But our faith will not. No matter, he's saying, no matter how hot it gets around you. How do I know that? What biblical reference in the Old Testament that says that fire will not burn away your faith? Meshach, Chadrach, and Abednego. When they put them in the fire, the men that threw them in fainted and died because of the heat. And they were Saul running around with another person, which we know is the Lord God Almighty, Jesus Christ. And when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. And the bondages that they had them bound by were burned off, and they were not burned. Did you say you'll take it? You already got it. (laughs) That faith that's inside of you withstands any fire. That's That's what Peter's saying. Peter... Is Jewish. He knows that story about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. We do not understand. I mean, Caleb can play his best praise music, and we can worship the Lord the best we can. But when when this happens, the praise will be phenomenal. We, we do not understand 
the nature of that praise. It, it, number one, we'll be in glorified body. Number two, we'll be free from all pain, suffering. Number three, number four, we will have an understanding of things we did not understand, and there'll be no tears, and we will rejoice in those last days. Well, I could go on, but I'm going to stop there, okay? All right? You want to play something? You bring your band up. The Nye Boys. The Nye Boys and Diane. <laughs> Sounds like a gospel quartet, quartet, doesn't it? Let's pray. Ooh, Father God. What a truth. What a powerful, domineering victory of a truth. That the faith that brought me to Jesus is made secure in heaven. Nothing can break in and rust it, steal it, corrupt it. And that it is protected by the power and we're shielded. That faith is shielded. He protects that. And so that means it dwells within our spirit. And nothing will even come near it because Jesus is there. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The only thing the enemy can do is lie to us that it doesn't exist. And he does. He says, oh, you're really not saved. Just like Grandma Goldie, she said, I'd just take him to the cross and say he died for me. That faith is so powerful. Be with us today, Father. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. Let that face manifest itself.